for for those of you who were around last time I preached, you know, this is not going to work. We're going to have to amp it up a bit. All right. Happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. Uh, a little bit better, a bit better. All right. How about this one? Tell me if you know this one. God is good? All the time? Oh, you've, I know it's cold outside. It's a bit dreary and wearing, wet, but we can do a bit better. I need you to wake up a little bit because um, I will be, as uh, Dale said, short and sharp. So because it's going to be a bit sharp, I need you to be with me, okay? God is good. All the time. All the time. Okay, well, a little bit better. All right, I will share this morning with us some examples of how fear is not good for our spiritual growth. Who here has experienced a bit of fear ever? All right, some really fearless boys, nice to see. Fearless girls, no hands up, okay. Oh, you did, oh, you did, okay, okay. All right, Um, maybe in the last uh, (laughs) two years, there have been some fearful moments or things that made people afraid. Maybe not all of us, but might have made the general population afraid. Anyone think? Second, but the Bible has over roughly about 400 times um, the phrases, fear not, do not fear, do not be afraid. Do you think there might be a reason? Mind killer. It's the thing that stops you from acting, from pursuing, from thinking, from growing. It stops you in your tracks. Now, I don't mean being frightened because of a difficult situation or being frightened because you're on the edge of a cliff. That's good fear. I mean, fear that grips us, stops us from getting out of bed, that makes us overthink. The Scripture tells us, for God did not give us a spirit of fear or timidity or cowardice, but He gives us a spirit of power, of love, of a sound judgment, personal discipline, the ability to resolve that results in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of love. Um, Some events that might have occurred recently that brought fear and difficulty to people, recent floods. What about this thing, yeah? When it first came out, you guys know what we're looking at here? Anyone? COVID, yeah. Apparently, that's what it looks like. I haven't seen it, but that's just a little dad joke. Um, Brought a bit of fear around. What about this one? That's scary. I don't know about you, but that's scary. To be one of those men walking into that, to put out a fire. I think it's easy to forget the end of 2019. So much has happened since then. What about this one? Deep breath, mums and dads. You kids don't have to really think about this, do you? You know, there's food on the table. It's all good, right? Stagflation. The possibility of going into recession. Inflation possibly hitting 7%. Does that make people fearful? Should we be afraid? All right, you're going to have to interact with me. Should we be afraid of all these unforeseen things that are out of our control? No? Yes? Yes, we should. What about we shouldn't be afraid of things out of our control? I would have thought 
Um, that's First John 4, not First John 1, sorry, if you're looking. First John 4, verse 18. In love there is no fear. Fear is part of the infection of selfishness, but is purged by love. Fear has to do with the concern for oneself. Healed by God's love. We are able to love only because He first loved us. Love destroys and purges out fear. Again, I'm not talking about, oh, I'm frightened because I'm on the edge of a cliff, or that looks like a scary moment. I mean, fear that constantly is in our minds. What's going to happen next? Overthinking. What's going to happen next? Oh my goodness, can I do this? Can I do that? And I'm not referring to a wise man sits down and calculates, will this be a good thing to do? How much will it cost? No. Don't mean concerning yourself with planning, but fear that is un, not rational. If we claim to love God, sacrificing self for Him, but go right on exploiting others, we're liars. When you go to exploit others, when, you, when we say we love God, but we're fearful, what happens when you're fearful? Oh, better look out for me. Better go figure out what to do next. Quick, quick. You don't stop to care and love for other people. God's prescription is internalizing God's love. Scripture tells us that he's told us all these things that when difficulties occur, like fires, floods, COVIDs, pandemics, war, that's a recent one I forgot to put up, you won't be stressed and harassed and worried, but courageous. Jesus said, I've overcome the world. Everything that you could possibly experience, I've experienced. See, there is no fear in love. I, I like this one in Mark where Jesus is talking to these disciples and they've just finished witnessing the rich young ruler and he's walked away very sad because he was asked to let go of worldly things. He was asked to let go of the things that he thought bring, brought him security. He's too. And Peter turned to him and said, "But look, we're following you. We we love you. We're not afraid to go on the adventure with Jesus. We, we're not living in a fearful kind of environment." Jesus said to him, "I surely, most solemnly say to you, there is no one who's given up houses or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or children or farms for my sake and the gospel who will not receive a hundred times much more in the present age." Of brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms, with along with persecution and in the age to come, eternal life. So Jesus here clearly points out: look, it may be hard if you want to follow me. It may even be difficult. But in following me, there is no fear. feel like this? This is what it looks like when we complain to Jesus about how hard our lives are. You know, oh man, but oh Jesus, you don't, you don't know, you weren't around for the coronavirus, all the, all the complete 
stuff we have to deal with. And then, oh, you don't know what it's like, Jesus. There's all sorts of things happening in our world today we have no control over. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh, yep. Cool story, bro. What I'm trying to say is that, yes, your suffering is real. Our difficulties are real. But how, what mind are we bringing? What kind of concept are we bringing to our daily lives? If we say we're Christians, if we say we love God, if we say that God is more powerful, Jesus is more powerful, His love is stronger. And then when we step out in our daily lives, <gasps> scared, and people look at us and go, oh, that person says he's a Christian. He looks frightened. Can someone get him a blanket? Can we get him a cup of water? Yeah, thanks. <sighs> it says, in my love, there is no fear. I can walk into anything, whether it be good, bad, ugly, whether it's a praiseworthy thing or not, no fear. My mindset is now different, is changed. Lord, I have nothing more to complain to you about. Let's bring it on. So let's just look at two quick examples One is of the Apostle Paul, and one is of Herod. Now, there's many examples I could go into. I could be here all day, but uh, short and sharp is good. Paul. For Paul, Jesus is the anchor in his life. He's had an experience with Jesus that has really shown him what it means to be loved by God. Now, you might say, well, Enoch, I haven't had the same experience as Paul had. Paul had a vision of Jesus on the road to Damascus. I didn't get a vision of Jesus. I say, you've had something even better. You may have grown up with people showing you love, care, and kindness your whole life. Maybe you haven't had love, kindness, and care your whole life, and yet you're here. Someone may have shown you even a little bit of love and kindness. Paul's life wasn't one of love and kindness. He was brought up in a Sanhedrin where everything was legalistic. Everything was to the point. There was no idea of love. It was just following rules. But his experience was in Acts chapter 9, he had a um, vision where Jesus um, appears to him and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting and oppressing me? And Saul's like, what are you on about? Who, wh- wh- what is this, Lord? And he answered, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now go up to the city You'll be told what to do next. And since that experience, Paul has had quite the walk with Jesus. Just another quick example. After his experience, after his change of life, and he starts to follow Jesus, he really feels the love of God in his life. He becomes the kind of person who can end up in a jail. (laughs) And verse 25 here. End up in a jail with his friend Silas. But about midnight when Paul and Silas were praying and, what's that next word? Praying and singing hymns in a, in a jail. Okay, I don't think every time this gets me, maybe we're very too comfortable in this modern world. But this, he, he's in a jail, my friends, and he's singing. Has anyone ever visited anyone in jail here? Of those who have visited people in jail, do you know that the people in jail today are in a nicer environment than the people in jail then? Am I right? Yeah. 
And still people in jail today would not like to be in jail. Am I right? Yet he's in a worse situation. He's like, you know what? Hey, Silas, let's sing. Here's my question. Do you think he has a fear mindset or a love mindset? Which one? Do you think he's worried about what might happen next? Maybe, but not really. He's singing hymns to the point where even when the earthquake happens, when, verse 27, when the jailer's shaken out of his sleep, saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. The jailer's living in fear. He's like, oh, I'm going to lose my job. This is the end for me. Paul's like, no, don't hurt yourself. He doesn't let in fear in that moment. He goes, no, love. Hey, hey, don't hurt yourself. If you follow me, people will love you. Things Jesus never said. If you follow me, you'll always be easy. If you follow me, um, you might not have to sing in a jail. Now, maybe it's a bit different for us today than it is for Paul. But just consider that Jesus was upfront and honest with us. There will be good things. Houses and lands and children and wealth and good things. With persecution and without persecution in this world and in the world to come, eternal life. He didn't lie to you. Things could get tough. Yeah, you, you experienced the coronavirus? Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't lie to you. There'll be difficult times. There's a war going on in Europe? Yeah, I, I, I told you there'll be good and bad. You're stressed about the economy? I told you this world is a bit difficult. But I'm here for you. I've got the love that you need to overcome fear. Herod, on the other hand, <laughs> he's a strange fellow. He locks up John the Baptist for telling him off. John the Baptist told him off. He said, you've married your brother's sister. That's a bit weird, mate. Uh, no, don't do that. He locks him up, but then he goes to visit him regularly. I'll give you time to uh, look that up for yourself. Mark chapter 6. It's a very interesting chapter. Herod lives in fear, but he keeps John safe. So he locks this guy up, John, John the Baptist, but then he keeps visiting him to jail. Hey, hey, let's chat. Very strange kind of situation. He's intrigued by John, but Herod is completely swayed by others. He very much wants others to like him all the time, and he will do, say, and act in any way possible so he looks like he's looked in a good light. We'll go through the whole thing, but on Herod's birthday, he had a banquet of military commanders. Um, and his wife's daughter, um, Salem, dances a very beguiling and interesting dance. And then he, because he's in his stupor, he says to her, ask for whatever you want and I'll give it to you. And he swore to her, whatever you ask me, I'll give you up to half the kingdom. She went back to her mother. What shall I ask him? Herodias replied, the head of John the Baptist. She clearly didn't like this guy. And she rushed back to the king and asked, I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. So that's the context. I'm going to go through all the details. But here's the crux, Mark 6, 26. And the king was exceedingly sorry 
yet. Um, if you're sorry about something and then the next word in the sentence is yet, do you think that person is actually sorry about what they're about to do? Just think about that. Because of the oath and because of those who sat with him, what does he do? He didn't want to refuse her. Sorry, John, you've got to die. Now, why am I sharing this about Herod? What's this got to do with Paul? Paul is the kind of man who, no matter the situation in front of him, he says, the love of God is in my heart. I will go through good and bad and ugly for the love of God, to help someone, to save someone, to sing in prison, to stop a jailer from committing suicide, anything. I have the love of God in my heart. Let's do it. But it might be difficult, Paul. Let's do it. Herod, on the other hand, he's interested in this, John the Baptist has been preaching. I'm interested, but I'm afraid. I'm interested, but I'm afraid. I'm interested, but I'm afraid. To the point where, oh, if, if I don't do this, other people might not like me. Do we have that today? Um, you know, correctness of a particular kind that if you don't say and act in certain ways, people push you aside and you're no longer accepted by society. You have to think a certain way, act a certain way, have the right opinions. If you're a Christian, sorry, that's no longer fashionable. I don't get it. See, fear kills the mind. You don't think straight. Now, you might say to me, oh, Enoch, we're not going to be like, hey, we're not going to just kill someone because we're embarrassed about the people around us. Come on, that never happens. We're not going to... Uh, out of fear, invade another country. We're not going to, out of fear, do things that are dangerous uh, to each other. We're not going to, out of fear, go, hey, put your mask on otherwise. We're not going to, out of fear, do things that even might be reasonable. We only do things out of love. We don't do things out of fear. We don't, out of fear, lash out at the person at the uh, retail store and then feel bad about it later. No, 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 Enoch. We don't, we don't do things as drastically. What I'm trying to get at is our mindset, brothers and sisters. See, love grows the mind because it says, it's all right. We can get past this. We can grow. You've got this. There's an opportunity, not a risk. There's an opportunity, not a risk. There's an adventure. There's an opportunity. We can get past the difficulty. We can overcome the difficulty. This could be exciting. You could grow. And it's not just based in just optimism for optimism's sake. It's saying... God's saying, I'm going to give you the power. You can do it. You can actually feel love for someone you thought you didn't feel love for. You can actually look at a difficulty and go, let's go. You're willing to go through pain, joy, good, bad, because of the love he has for Jesus. Because of the love Jesus has for him. He's anchored. It's become so deep in his soul that now, no matter what happens. In 2 Corinthians, he writes, A thorn in the flesh was giving me, a messenger of Satan to torment and harass me. Some Bible scholars suggest that what was happening to Paul is he's starting to lose his eyesight. The very thing he loved the most, he's starting to lose his eyesight. He's not only blind, going blind now, he wished that he could not go blind. 
That was something that was quite personal to him. In verse 9, but he has told me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and mercy is more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation. My power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. Am I afraid of all the things that might happen that are out of my control? Or do I go, Jesus' grace is enough for me. Woo! Anyone? Anyone else? No, just me. Yeah. There's a few people that might be a bit excited. The rest of the verse here, 9 and 10, says, Therefore, I most gladly boast in the times when I feel weak, the times when I think I'm going to be afraid and fall into that. I go, Jesus, you know what's about to happen. I want you to take control. For when I'm weak in my human strength, then I truly am able to be truly powerful and truly drawing on God's strength. Jesus said, he's going to give me the love. Okay. Lord, I don't like hanging out with this person or interacting with them. Please give me strength. That's when God's strength gets strong. I need to go trekking for five kilometers, but I've only practiced for two. I know this may not have anything to do with spiritual things, but God, give me the strength for that. Okay. You're no longer now looking at the world in risk, difficulty, risk, difficulty, comfort. You're now looking at opportunity, adventure. God's strength is enough. God's power is enough. Okay, let's keep going. You go, okay, well, how do we do this, Enoch? How do we do this? Well, I kind of gave you all the answers, but let's give a few more. Just looking unto Jesus. Beholding, we become changed, 2 Corinthians. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I'm trying, Jesus. Help me out here. Today, if you hear his voice, act it out. Does anyone know any other promises? This is where you get involved. Any other promises come to your mind where it says, I will give you strength and you will soar on the wings of eagles. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Yes? Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can you see how God constantly leaves these promises of what He's like, of what He can do, of how He can work with us to be like, if you stay in fear, you're not going to get anything done. You're going to be miserable and sad, and the love of God can't pierce your soul unless you let go of that fear. But if you open your heart, if today you act, if you trust in me, if you let go, if you hear my voice, if you look to me, I can get you up. You can let go of fear. You can have a love mindset. The kind of mindset that when you get out of jail, after let him kill himself, you go, hey, 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 no, no, don't, don't do that, buddy. We're here. It's all good. The kind of love that looks at you when you're drowning and goes, hey, 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 buddy. You're fine. Come on. I know that feels a bit hectic and the waves are still around. Come on, walk with me. The kind of love that when you're with someone, he goes, okay, but what if that, did I stutter? But what if that, but I don't like, love one another. Because when you love another person who it's difficult to love, you become a bit better. 
you grow a little bit more. You become less fearful. Oh, but what about that? You leave Jesus to work with them. That's not your business. The beginning with 1 Timothy 1 verse 7, it says, For I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, but of love. The next verse, here we're going to finish here. Here's the next verse. For God didn't give us a character of insecurity, of fear, but a mind and character of confidence and power. Don't ever be embarrassed to speak boldly about our Lord. And certainly don't be ashamed of me. This is Paul writing. But instead, by God's power, join me in enduring the hardship that comes with distributing the remedy. Don't be ashamed of who and what you are. Don't be afraid of the love you want to give to other people, the kindness you want to give. Don't live in fear. I didn't have it up there, but in uh, 2 Corinthians 11, Paul writes, let me just tell you all the bad things that have happened to me. And yet I love Jesus. He says, I've been beaten by the Jews twice. They stoned me once. I've been lashed 38 times here. I've been shipwrecked twice. Once we landed on an island. And he lists off all the things that happened to him. And he still says, still I praise the Lord. Still, God's grace is more than enough for me. Now, we may say, okay. You know, I don't want to go through difficult times. Like, we all enjoy comfort and nice things. But we don't get a choice, as we saw at the beginning. We don't get a choice if there's a virus. We don't get a choice if the economy goes poor. We don't get a choice if there's a fire. We don't get a choice if floods come. What we do get a choice in is the love we have for our fellow human beings, the love we have looking at a difficult situation going, yes, dear Lord, I can, we can get through anything together. So friends, I want to leave this with you. Who thinks they want to keep living in a um, fear mindset? Anyone? Does anyone want to try maybe living in a love mindset? I definitely do. So let's just bow our heads for prayer. Father God, be with us now. We ask in the week to come. Uh, We may still be feeling a bit cold and tired after a long week. But we ask that you be with us and you remind us that your love is more than enough for us. That, yeah, there will be difficult times, Lord, but you will give us strength. Help us, Lord, to look at every difficulty with love in our hearts, going, yep, I can do it. I can get through it. We ask that you give us strength with all the challenges that are beyond our control. And for things that are in our control, help us to have a mindset of, yep, Lord, Walk with me. Give me strength. We're grateful for these many things, and we ask you be with us in the week to come. We ask that you continue to send your Holy Spirit in our lives. And where we fail, Lord, help us to remember. We believe, help our unbelief. Where where we feel we're going to give in, give us strength. Remind us that you're there for us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.